received a bulletin on your way in, and uh, we want to uh, just bring your attention to a couple things. Uh, tonight is kind of an exciting night for us at the Gateway Church. We're launching into our fall uh, fall schedule. Tonight, there's three small groups, uh, actually four small groups that we'll be meeting. Uh, one uh, uh, senior high group, uh, or like a uh, varsity group for the uh, Catalyst group, and then we have also have uh, uh, three other adult groups that we'll uh, introduce in just a moment. But I want to uh, point your attention to something coming up in the next few weeks. We've got a missions convention, um, October 18th and October 25th, that we have been praying for and will continue to be praying for, that we want to make sure that you're aware of. Um, and on the 18th, after service, we're going to have an international potluck. Um, right here at the church, and uh, so we'll be bringing dishes uh, of a different flavor, not American food, although that could be international to some, and so hot dogs might be welcomed, and uh, we're going to ask that you'd bring a drink and your favorite international uh, main dish to pass, and it's going to be a great time. Um, Before that, the Saturday before that, the 17th, um, we are going to be headed to Eastern Michigan University, uh, for those of you that would be interested. And uh, we're going to be helping on the final uh, painting job of the barn that we helped last month, uh, Eastern Michigan Chi Alpha Group, and uh, on the 17th. And so if you're interested in that, uh, you need to talk to me, and uh, we'll make sure that we get you on that trip, and that'll be a lot of fun. Also, this Wednesday starts something new for us, something we've never done since I've been here in the last three years. Uh, We're going to start an adult Bible study that's going to meet right here in the sanctuary. And I want to invite each and every one of you to come out and be a part of that. We're going to have kids uh, ministry, kids discipleship, kind of Sunday school based. And uh, it's going to be dynamic and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And then the Catalyst JV will be meeting that night as well. And then the last announcement uh, before we introduce our small group uh, that are small groups that are going to meet tonight, uh, we have an all church bonfire. We're going to do it right here on our grounds, and uh, it's going to be on the 30th. And uh, we've had these, this will be the third in a row uh, in October. And I'll tell you, they're a blast. And we're going to have a good time that night. We're praying for great weather. And uh, we'll have bonfire and hay rides and all kinds of stuff to eat and uh, games. And, and it'll be a lot of fun. And so we want to make sure you're planning on doing that. Well, uh, Mary, why don't you join me? And uh, Melinda, why don't you join me just for a second? Tonight, we're going to have three small groups meeting, and uh, we want to introduce those to you. Uh, and I know Dennis is uh, not here this morning, but Mary, why don't you just share your opening your home? Um, we didn't, this kind of came together after the bulletin was uh, uh, put together. We were hoping to have a third. And so why don't you share your address or telephone number, and if you want to take a quick note or see Mary after church, um, but why don't you share a little bit about just your heart for opening your house. Last one, Jessica and I are going to host at our house. Thank you, ladies. And Chris is working in the nursery this morning, so that's where he is. So ladies, thanks for doing that. And uh, we're going to open our house, and we're going to do a a small group similar, uh, really relationship-focused, but we're going to be going through Connect 101, which many of you have participated in. And it's kind of a first step getting to know us as a a church. And so we thought, man, let's open our house, and you come on over, and uh, we'll have uh, some refreshments, and there will be some things that we're going to work through. And it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we're looking forward. Uh, we got several that are signed up, and uh, we want to invite anyone that, that has not been through Connect 101 um, to join us, and uh, we'd love to have you. It's going to be a lot of fun, 
And, uh, and so our heart with this is just to uh, be together, to, to build relationships. And uh, we know that sometimes on Sunday mornings, uh, relationships don't go deeper. They become more shallow. But the more time we spend together, the deeper we're able to go. And that's our heart for us to grow together, uh, be connecting that way. Amen? Amen. Well, let's do this. Let's stand. And uh, just, I know we just talked about shallow relationships, right? Um, but uh, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's look for someone that maybe we haven't met or we don't uh, see all the time and uh, let them know that we're glad that we're here. And uh, we'll do that. And then we're going to introduce our guests and be encouraged this morning in the Word. Amen? All right. Stand and turn. Get out of your seats. All right. You got to get out of your rows. All right. And go find someone to greet. All right. If you can make your ways back to your seats, that would be wonderful. We want to welcome you to the Gateway Church, and I understand that we've got some uh, guests with us that have never been here on a Sunday morning, we just want to say welcome, and uh, thanks for being here, and uh, at least one young lady, and then we've got some others that are just returning, and uh, just want to say thanks, and uh, we know uh, that God is going to touch you this morning, you're in for a treat uh, in just a moment. On this uh, last Sunday of each month, it's kind of tradition for the Gateway Church to kind of highlight missions and uh, different missions opportunities and different folks. Sometimes it's more local, sometimes stateside, and then, uh, of course, foreign missions as well. And uh, we at the Gateway Church, we love missions, and it's, uh, we know that as we support the Great Commission, which is God's heart to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and, and to, uh, to make a difference even where we live, uh, locally and stateside, um, that God blesses a church that, that is missions-minded. Do you believe that? I really do believe that. And so we like to do that. And today, we've got a little different uh, situation. In fact, uh, I'm sure uh, this is the first since I've been here, three years, that, uh, that we brought in a home missions uh, pastor that is pastoring a church, not here in our area, but in the Detroit area, but reaching a specific group of individuals, uh, uh, the Polish people uh, that live in Detroit. And uh, Peter and Anya uh, Chanaki, and I know that's not exactly right, but I, I said to myself, that's as close as I think I'm going to get. Uh, they are a blessing. I've met them a few years back and kind of seen them, walked with them. Last year, Jessica and I were able to spend a whole week with them in Florida at a church planning school, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, they have got a beautiful family. And uh, this morning, we've asked them to come and to share with us and to challenge us in the Word and to hear a little bit about what's happening in their church, their home missions church in, uh, in the Detroit area, uh, but then to, to bring us uh, to a point where we're going to be challenged. And so I hope that and pray that your hearts will be open. But at the Gateway Church, we like to welcome our missionaries who we believe are heroes that have given up so much to be on the missions field, and that's no exception for Peter and for Anya. And we like to welcome them with a Royal Gateway welcome. And so why don't you join me in giving a Royal Gateway welcome to Peter and Anya. Come and join us this morning.
expected anything like this. I'm speechless. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I tell you, I've been in many churches in Michigan district since four or five years, but none of the church, they <laughs> visited, invited us like this, welcomed us. One of the churches, they <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so, I, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed, you know, so I was, I was thinking to myself, did I have to do something that it will be finished? <laughs> uh, in one of the churches when we were visited in Grass Lake, where Faholo is, uh, when we uh, when we st- when they started the church, they played they played with the music uh, team the Polish hymn, Polish anthem. <laughs> I said, "Where in the world they learned the Polish anthem?" <laughs> but you know, this was surprising. I am um, thank you very much. I I really uh, receive it as I, I never heard it myself uh, and thought about myself as a as a hero. I'm not. I'm just a regular person, you know. And uh, we just following the 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 uh, uh, footsteps that and uh, and the direction that God shows us uh, how to live and what to do and this is it it's not hero thing you know I know some heroes like in New York the guy who laid down his life uh, on the tracks remember in New York uh, subway and he he was not killed he stayed alive but uh, it was really heroic thing uh, not me <laughs> but I thank God that I'm I, I can be with my wife today with you here. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Uh, I was just uh, reading the Bible recently, not recently, but <laughs> every day. <laughs> what I wanted to say is uh, I started to read the Bible all over again, and uh, a couple, uh, like a month ago, I started Genesis, and there is a, uh, when Rachel gave uh, birth to her last and the sec- second son, her, she named her Ben Omni, which means the son of my sorrow, and ben, she, she died. But uh, Jacob, uh, he changed it, and he said, ben- Benjamin, which, are, which means son of my right hand. And I thought of today about your pastor, you know, and son of God's right hand. And your pastor, I believe, he is a, he is a, a son of God's right hand. And I like you have a pastor, Benjamin. As, a, as your pastor, you know, I, I think I've seen him a couple times in district offices uh, office and also on uh, district uh, councils, other things. And also in, in uh, f- uh, Florida, we have a wonderful time, even though we live in America for 15 years. And we always dream to go to Florida, but, you know, having four children, working full time in a company, and we didn't have time for that and we didn't have money. For that, and last year the, the district opened opportunity for us that they will pay for staying in a hotel. Just what we have to to, to pay is a trip. So we purchased a new car, uh, and uh, not new, but uh, used one. But <laughs> my wife is always correcting me. <laughs> Your wife does it too, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord for my, for our wives. Uh, I will be never in the place I'm here right now if not she, it be in my life, and we are. Uh, last couple of days, we celebrated 30 years of our anniversary. Yes. And uh, um, 15 years ago, we moved to America. We came to this country. Uh, later in my sermon, I will tell you how it happened, why it did happen. But when we started our ministry in Cleveland, Ohio, as a worship, a leading worship, I was a worship leader all my life, actually. 
And, and I tell you, you do a wonderful job with your leading worship. Awesome, awesome. I enjoyed it. And the song, a song above all powers, not I translated this song to Polish, so we can sing in Polish now. <laughs> and many songs I translated, and I also composed some of the songs that are singing now in Poland. You know, and uh, leading the worship was my life. I was a worship I was born as a worship leader. And... Uh, uh, but God has something else in our lives. He wanted us to move to Detroit and start the Polish church. When one Sunday I came home uh, to Cleveland from Detroit, I was here uh, once, once a month or less to uh, help three couples, three families to, to start or to lead the Polish ministry. And after five years, this, that ministry in, back in 1999 just was, was seized. One family moved to Alabama, and those two families moved to, uh, to Shelby Township, northern part of Detroit area, and this ministry stopped. But God put that desire in my heart. I was reading in, uh, in um, uh, Detroit, issue, Detroit City Issued Magazine about how many Polish people live in metro Detroit area. And the numbers was 600,000 Polish descendants. These numbers just uh, jumped from the page to my heart. And I said, 600? I know that there is many, but I never thought that that many. Now, how many of those 600 are immigrants? This is uh, another story. I found it later. But uh, these numbers jumped to my heart. And I asked God, and I go for the last service that we're going to have. And then there will be no more services, no more Polish church, Bible-believing church. And God spoke to my heart quietly but surely. He said, if you are so concerned about it, why don't you move to Detroit area and start the church? I said, no, i worship leader. I'm not a pastor or evangelist or whoever. No, my ministry is leading worship. I do have. If you are concerned so much, just move and start the ministry. So I came home and I told my wife, Honey, I, I just have to, this weird thought in my heart, you know, that God wants us to move to Detroit and start the Polish church. And she looked with me with big eyes open and she said, Detroit, that ugly and dirty place? No, you go yourself. I stay home. <laughs> so I said, Lord, see, it's not your will. I, th I thought myself. I heard myself talking to me. You know, this desire probably is in my heart. It's not your desire. But then we were thinking, I couldn't, I couldn't throw away that, that thought from my heart. I couldn't. It was just coming back to me. If you, and I thought this way. There are so many Polish people. And sometimes, some people die every day. And where they go without the Lord? Actually, the Lord asked me that question. Where they go without knowing me? And you know what? I was afraid to answer because without knowing the Lord, without relationship with God, we know where people go, right? To hell, right? It's hard to say. Now it's easier for me. But uh, it is really hard when you think about people going to hell forever, forever. And uh, for the first three months, I didn't want to admit. But then I said, Lord, I know. Where they go? They go to hell, simply. And the Lord said again, so if you're concerned about it, go and move to Detroit. But I said, my wife is not ready. She, she said it, she's not moving. 
And after a year, my wife one day says to me, if you are concerned so much, I go with you. There was no more excuses for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand with, all the, with the Lord and said to him, if you want, I'm ready. We're going to move. It takes four years for us to move. Not easy. Four years. And in 2004, we moved. Pastor Jeff Kalavin from Freedom Christian Assembly of God, he opened his facility for us for free. We, are have, we have a services in the facility of Freedom Christian Assembly, a new, uh, newly built uh, building uh, for free. And we have a beautiful uh, room. We can use also sanctuary, but there is not many of us, so we can use only, we use, actually use only one of the rooms. We have services there. One family, uh, one couple actually, came to us while I was uh, sharing with the congregation our vision. And after the service, they could not wait until the service will be, will be finished. And after the service, they just ran to us and they said, uh, my name is Mark Kalinowski and my wife Helena. I'm a police officer in Hamtramck. Uh, and I prayed for 18 years that God will send somebody to start the Polish-speaking church. My family, my wife, my, my, he said, my parents, my brothers, they are not saved. They are in Roman Catholic Church, but they don't know the Lord. And I, I tried to, to tell them, but they don't want to listen from me. And he said, uh, when you come and move, it was in February, so when we move in, in August. He said, when, we, when you move, we join with you and we will, uh, and we will help you. So, you know, when we heard this, my hair just, whew, stand up. And, uh, and I said, I look at my wife and I said, is not this... Uh, uh, confirmation from the Lord is not and also that Pastor Jeff Clavin he gave me a keys and he said this keys open all doors beside my office <laughs> I said I don't need your office <laughs> I have now I have my own office in my basement in my my home <laughs> in my basement uh, and he said you can you know have a meetings as as long as you want as long as you need for free no charge you know what a blessing is it for a newly planted church to not spend money for a building? You are blessed because you also have a building. And we wish now to have a building. And with my wife, we're uh, riding around to find a, a place for us. Oh, we're still not in that moment yet. But w from the moment when we started our ministry, we found out there is about 200,000 Polish immigrants People who doesn't speak English language. Many of them. Many, like me, I speak English even though with broken, ping, I call it Pinglish. <laughs> you know, my grammar is, uh, I'm working on it. And so maybe 10 years from now, when you hear me again, maybe it will be better. But still, I have my Pinglish. Uh, but many people don't even speak English at all. They don't have time. They work, 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 make money. And I. One lady, she was 84 years old. 84? Yeah, Mrs. Janina. She lived in this country for 42 years. 42 years. And she was working a couple jobs. Never had a time to learn English language. And she wanted to sell a house and go back to Poland. 84 years old. She didn't have any relatives here. So she called uh, in uh, translation, uh, translating office, and I'm an official translator, uh, sworn in translator. 
So they called us, called me actually. I went to her, help her translating with selling the house. And then after the trans transaction, I started to talk to her about the Lord. I, I went with my wife next day to her and we talked about the Lord. And a week later, we gave her a New Testament. She read it three times within two weeks, a New Testament. The two New, new Testament that we printed in Poland back in a um, couple years ago, we used uh, Life of the Lost money from men's ministry. Life of the Lost money, $2,000. We printed in Poland those New Testaments with uh, my message to Polish people in Metro Detroit on back. There is my telephone number, cell phone number, and our uh, website address. And the website, if you want to go into it, is uh, Polish Harvest, no, PolishTurdDetroit.com. And it's in Polish and English. So if you read Polish, you can go on Polish flag, and you see everything in Polish. If you read English only, then you can go to American flag, and you read in English everything. Um, and uh, this lady read this New Testament three times. And we came to her again and again many times, and then we prayed with her. She gave her heart to Jesus. And then uh, it was, everything was within one month. And then she bought a ticket with, uh, to help her to pack her belongings and ship it to Poland. And then she asked my wife if she can go with her because she's 84 years old. She said, I am afraid to fly. She bought her a ticket. And so she flew together with, with Anya and, and Mrs. Janina. She flew together and with a cat <laughs> in a cage. Cat was a miserable thing. I, I, pass, I, I would not mention about this. And uh, later, two years later, this lady died. But she had a time to hear about the Lord, and she confessed she received Jesus to her heart. What a blessing it is, you know? And I mentioned earlier today to your pastor and, uh, and uh, Rick and uh, Karika? Katrinka. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Katrinka and Jamie, Jimmy, uh, that... Uh, Within our, uh, those four years, five years, our ministry is, we, we have our ministry. Six people gave their, seven, Mrs. Yanina, uh, gave their heart to Jesus. And there is no revival yet. Only seven people. But you know, this is seven people. The Bible tells us that from one person, the whole heaven is rejoicing when gave their heart to God and they belong to the Lord. Yeah, so there is... There is a joy for us. We, we ask for more, we hope for more, and we pray for more. We pray that there will be more people who come to the Lord and ask Him, but uh, it is not there yet. So we want to also ask you to pray for us. You know, I know that we go home tonight, today, and then some of you will forget us. Maybe you will remember Pinglish, but... But if at home, when you read your Bible, and in the, in the hall here, there is uh, our table, you can take our card, you know, this card, uh, the prayer card, where is it? Here. This card is our picture. We have four children and two grandsons, five years old Noah and three years old Caleb. And Caleb is not on the picture because picture was taken before he was born. <laughs> so it's old one. But uh, there is also our information, uh, telephone number, email address. You know, when you put it into your Bible, I know I've seen your wall that you have some missionaries, so you know what to do with prayer cards. Put into your Bible or into, there is no magnet, so you cannot put into your uh, refrigerator. 
unless you have a little magnet to stick on. But uh, pray for us. We need your prayers. Absolutely. This is the most thing that we need. The prayers of the people in Michigan. We ministry. We minister. Ministry? Minister. To the Michiganers who are, have a Polish heart. Okay? They live in this state, in Detroit area. And they need the Lord. We need to find them. We don't know who they are. But the Bible tells us uh, in Acts, when Peter was speaking, 3,000 people gave their heart to Jesus. And then, the two, two chapters later, uh, God brought more those who yet to be saved. Right? So we believe also that there is many Polish-speaking immigrants in metro Detroit area. Livonia, Shelby Township, Troy, uh, Roseville, Detroit, Hamtramck, of course. There is many, thousands of those who yet to be saved. Probably I missed something in grammar, but you forgive me. And, and we pray for those people. We don't know who they are. We do many ministry. We do uh, Polish sports camps, you know, with skydive and uh, kayak racing and uh, all kinds of sports and invite them. Uh, last year, two, three people came uh, from outside of our church. This year, two people came from outside of our church. They re just read a newspaper information about it. Not many. Uh, we also do Christmas events, which is the largest, the biggest event of our church we do, we do since uh, the beginning of our church. Every year, faithful, we do it. And for this year, I invited, yesterday I spoke with uh, Bob Duco. He's a speaker on the, in the radio, very popular radio, Christian radio in Detroit area. And uh, I asked, invited him to our uh, Christmas event. And he said, yeah, I can, I can come. And uh, he received the invitation. And hopefully he will be able to talk to the people uh, who come. But, you know, we need your prayers. Uh, so that they can open their hearts. Polish people are very religious. They reminds me, uh, they reminds me the uh, Nicodemus in the Bible. He, <laughs> he was so much religious that he was afraid to come during the day to Jesus. So he came at night. It was dark. Nobody seen him. So he came because uh, he was afraid of his position in the country. And the same, very, very similar way the Polish people are. They are very. Uh, religious people, very religious. But like Paul said, they believe wrongly. They misguided. And that's true. What I see in our, in our nationality, in Polish people, they are misguided. And sometimes my, cry heart, my heart cries when I see those uh, like Mrs. Janina or others who, are, who live all their lives misguided. Man, and I just pray, God, let us to those who are yet to be saved. So with your help, with your prayer, we will be able to do it, right? I want to sing a song for you, together with my wife. Uh, the song that uh, I composed back in Poland, this song uh, is about uh, salvation, s saving the Polish people. And um, it's very popular now, and uh, singing in many, many churches. Not only churches, but many different e e events. And uh, when I wrote this song, it was the day when President Valesa was elected.
to be president was voted. I was not. A, I, I was totally disagreeing with this voting. I didn't want Valesa to be president. A little bit of polit politics. We, I know we cannot talk, but it's Polish politics, so we can talk. Not American politics. No, nothing about Obama or something else. Nothing. No, just about um, uh, Polish elections. And I was against it because he was totally against other Christians than Catholics. He was very Roman Catholic oriented and narrow-minded, not open to other Christians. There was no other religion, just Roman Catholic. And we were afraid that uh, what are we going to? Is he going to do some uh, backward, you know, like uh, back to the Dark Ages that will be uh, short with, with our heads? We didn't know. It was right after the communism fell, and we didn't know. So uh, in the morning when I woke up and I turned TV and we all, everybody celebrated Valencia as a president, I just went on my knees, take my guitar, and cry out my heart to God. And I asked God, which direction we go as a nation? Which? And God gave me, in one instant, those who play, you know how it goes. God gave me uh, words, lyrics, and melody. And I sing it over and over, so I will not forget it. <laughs> and then I, uh, I, I taught our worship team. And next Sunday, following Sunday, we were singing this song in church. People, for the very first time in our church back in Poland, they stood up during singing this song, and they cried. It was a... Uh, 300-member Pentecostal church in Poland, Assemblies of God. And they cried. And we asked God to hear our cry and save our people, save our nation. So this is the song I want to sing. Okay? Uh. Can we sing first in Polish and then in English? Or you just only want to sing Polish? <laughs> no. Okay, just in English. Both, okay. Boże mój, przynoszę Ci na kolanach cały nasz kraj. O wysłuchać Cię modlitwę Tę i zbaw Ojczyznę Oh, 
You cannot, not singing it. And I tell you, uh, we sing this song in many places. And also, uh, when we had uh, a Polish, uh, Polish gatherings, uh, conferences, or uh, camps, other places, we many times sing this song as our prayer. God, hear our cry and save our fatherland. Even though we became with my wife uh, citizens of this country, a uh, year ago, year and a half now, after 15 years, so <laughs> it takes us so long. It only supposed to take us six, five years, but it took us 14 years. Uh, but finally, but in our hearts, we're still Polish. <laughs> we always will be. We love this country. It's beautiful. It's, uh, it's vast, and the people are so wonderful, you know, like you, like your church congregation. And many churches in Michigan, uh, in Ohio, and other places uh, very warmly and uh, wonderful people. But in our hearts, we see a need of those who, are, who don't know the Lord, who, who are le left alone. They left their country. They left their homeland, fatherland, and came to this place to look for a better future. Did they found it? Uh, maybe financially, yes. How about spiritually? And you know what? It is, we can say about everybody, not only Polish nation, but about Ara Arabics. How about Americans? They live in, you live in a beautiful country. You don't even sometimes know how, how, uh, how lucky you are. I, I was looking for a different word. Uh, but, you know, to we see the difference between Europe, Poland, and America. Now, this year, we went back to Poland because our son got married. So back in Poland, uh, this is the whole story, his wife lived in uh, Scotland, and they get together, they got together, know each other in Toronto. <laughs> so, but they married this year, so we went back to Poland, and we enjoyed our time. But when we flew back, 
we felt this is our home now. Yeah, but the Lord put into our hearts the desire to minister to those who speak Polish. They don't speak English yet. If they speak English and they, uh, they feel very, uh, very comfortable with it in English, we send them to American church. <laughs> but if they don't know English far enough to be comfortable to share their burdens, why don't them come to our church and hear in Polish language? The message of salvation. I want to share with you today the message that I uh, titled, Jesus Sees Your Need. There is uh, two stories in the Bible, in the uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 4 and 5. Uh, this is uh, incredible stories. And um, this history would ha which happened... Actually, it always um, excites me because when I read this, it says to me plainly to my heart, and I hope and I pray that it will also, God will speak to your heart, that He sees our needs, whatever it is. And let's open Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Chapter 4, verse 35, and we will read... The long story to chapter 5, verse 20. Very long passage. If somebody can help me with reading it, because my English, you know, and it will take us a half an hour, <laughs> I will greatly appreciate. Okay? Jessica, you can read. All right. Chapter 4, verse 35 through chapter 5, verse 20. Okay? All right. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs, pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. 
Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell, the pe to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Isn't that an incredible story? I love it because it always reminds me a lot of things in this passage. It's a long passage, but there's so many things. And I, I would like to go through those uh, briefly with you, but hope that God will speak to your heart today. There's, on, no, there's not only uh, uh, the thought, there's not only one thought that Jesus sees your needs. There's many more, and I hope that uh, we will see uh, the other things. I want to, I want to uh, turn your attention that Jesus uh, came to the world to tell people about uh, God's character, about God's way how to live. That's interesting because Jesus was a Jew when he was born here, right? And Jewish were the most religious people on the earth. They had the law, they had the temple, they had everything that's supposed to bring them to God. Yet Jesus had to come and tell them how to live according to God's law. Not to their law, not to Michigan law, all right, but to God's law. And today we see in America how, how it goes away from God, the nation. I, I just see it 14, 15 years ago when we came here and today. I mean, it's big change. And when Jesus came in this passage, he is in the center of his, uh, of his goal. He's teaching people about God. He's sharing with them. He's telling them. And the, the crowd was so huge that he cannot talk with them from the land. So he got into the boat. And even though Jesus didn't use microphone, but he used the waves. He used the, the water. So it, it um, multiplied his, uh, his voice, magnified his voice. And because the crowd was so big, thousands of people. Now, they did it the whole day. They sh he, he was talking about God and his ways and his laws to the multiple people the whole, whole day. And I believe this day was hot. This day was, was dry. And, and the disciples were helping Jesus, were um, ministering together with, to other people. And finally, when the evening arrived, they were ready to go rest, right? <laughs> they were ready to go to bed, to go home and take rest. Now, when Jesus was sharing and talking to people about God, to multitudes, to the crowd, to thousands of people, at that same moment, he sees individual needs. I want to, I want to, uh, to ask you to remember this thought. Even though G God is helping thousands or millions, yet he sees individual, my need, your need. You know, we as a people, we have many needs, right? Many needs, everyday needs of family, of friends, of money, of many needs, spiritual needs. And God sees each one of them. And He wants to fulfill our needs. He wants to uh, provide us. And in the same moment when Jesus was ministering to the multitudes, 
he sees the need the guy on the other side of the lake now when he says you, th you think that he was not tired he was he was when I come home uh, after Sunday service evening because we have evening service especially today that's why I asked pastor if I can come yesterday Saturday and minister this morning then travel back home and then we have our own services when I get home I'm tired I'm tired sometimes I go just go to bed and now imagine Jesus who was a man he was God I agree he was God but also he was man he had a flesh he held, he was thirsty and he at his heart God's heart he see the need of the other man on the other side one man not multitudes one man this man was interested because this man was totally different than all the other people that he met but I will talk about him a little bit later I just want to share with you uh, my a little bit my testimony even though I shared before but uh, when we came to this country 15 years ago I thought this will, my, this will be my destiny Cleveland leading worship in a church this will be my destiny just like Jesus told his apostles his disciples go to the other side God told us go to Detroit this was other this was our other side and uh, we were not ready at that time we were absolutely not ready when we were living in Cleveland and I was leading worship you know and uh, even not not only my wife she said Detroit that ugly city no no I was not ready because all my life what I did I was leading worship and I I was good in it and people enjoyed with people were blessed with leading worship I'm not I'm not uh, boasting myself I'm just telling the truth you know but God told us go on the other side he has something more for us in a store you know I just want to I would I ask you to just think about yourself what you're doing right now okay I don't know most of you but you know yourself and just think what you do right now if God will tell you something to do unexpected that you never did it before will you be able to do it <laughs> it's what God asked Jesus asked his disciples go to the other side uh, I like that idea that uh, not idea but the, the fact that the disciples learned to obey Jesus in their ministry together with him they learned not to discuss with him not to uh, interrupt him but if he says we do but they didn't know what's going on when they will be on the lake what it will what will happen to them and good sometimes we we ask God to do some things in our life and God allows we just we just don't know the way when we come to do that right in the meantime in the meantime there is many situations I tell you uh, we have in our church a gentleman that uh, he came to the Lord maybe three years ago Robert and Robert uh, he had a problem with alcohol so one day uh, after he gave his life to Jesus he still was struggling well, with alcohol and I was talking to him and uh, I catch him <laughs> I was sad and finally Robert told me one day pastor I 
I cannot help myself. I, I need a place uh, that I can be free. Is there anything like, any place like this? I said, yes, of course there is. There is a life challenge in Detroit. There is a life challenge in, in Muskegon, right? Life or teen challenge? Okay, in Detroit, it's a life challenge because teen challenge is only for teenagers. In Detroit, there are people my age and older and younger, so they call it, they change the name for, from teen challenge to life challenge. This is the same organization. So Robert is 33. I went with Robert to the center, and they received him. They admitted him. So for one year, Robert was in that center. It's not easy. In winter, there was 52 degrees in his room. <laughs> yes. And, you know, with his habit, and Robert didn't speak, didn't speak English. So I went to him twice a month, every second week, and had classes with him. I taught him the Bible, the basics, 16 fundamental truths, and other things. And in the meantime, Robert learned English. Being only within American, with American people, English-speaking people, he didn't have a choice. He, for the year, he learned English. And uh, he gave his heart again to the Lord. And uh, when he went out from this, was free from alcohol. And he came to me and he said, Pastor, is, I want to be baptized. They wanted to baptize me in the, in the life challenge, but I told them, no, I want my pastor to be baptize me. <laughs> So in June this year, I baptized him. Yesterday, no, two days ago, Friday, Robert calls me and he says, I don't know how it is because right now, living with the Lord, I have more obstacles, more problems than I had before. Why is it so? He said, I don't want to turn him back. Uh, that, my life, the old lifestyle was bad. I don't want to turn him back. But why? I have more difficulties. Why I have more obstacles, more problems. Everything I touch, it seems like disappears. I, I want to get this job. No way. And he says, why is it? And I told him that welcome to Christianity. Welcome to reality. Without the Lord, you are lost. With the Lord, you have the same problems that you have before. But before, you use alcohol to forget about it. Now, you use Lord. You ask God to help you. There's a big difference. Now you're lucky. You're blessed because you have the Lord. Before, you didn't have the Lord. The problems that you have now, you also had them before. And now it reminds me the saying that many people says, which is a lie. When you come to the Lord, your life will be like roses. One of our ladies in our church, she said, uh, Wanda, she also gave her heart to Jesus. She said, yeah, but roses has, what is it? Thorns. Roses has thorns. I said, not in America. They, when you buy it in a store, with, without the thorns, right? <laughs> but yes, so we, when we come to the Lord, we have same problems as before. But the difference is that we have a Lord now. We can come to Him. And in my life, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 14, my dad was a pastor, so when I was born, he was already a pastor. I know the word from since my childhood, but when I was 14, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm 51 now, and I tell many times in our church and in places I am that I never, never regret that I gave my life to Jesus. Never. 
And I know that I will never regret that I gave my life to Jesus. Even though I don't do things like the world does, uh, gambling or alcohol or other things, you know, I don't. Why? I, I can do those things. I can. But it's not good for me. And uh, now disciples, what they, what they experienced is that Jesus asked them, tell them, go on the other side. Jesus, know, Jesus knew what was on the other side. He sees the man with a problem. The big problem. I want to talk to you a little bit about this man. He was the man that nobody could help him. No one, no one. We, we, we read in this passage that people chained him and tried to subdue him. But no one could, could uh, uh, tie him with ropes, chain, shackles. No one. They did it. But he was unnaturally strong. So he broke those chains. He uh, uh, crushed the, the, the ties that he was tied. Uh, today we will say the, the handcuffs, right? There was, no, there was no way to subdue him. And this man, he was strong because he was demon-possessed. And I hope uh, there is not today, there is no one here demon-possessed. <laughs> But you know what? God had different problems. People had different problems in their lives. They have many different problems. Maybe we don't have these problems like this gentleman had, which was terrible for him. And, and the society threw him away. They threw him away. They didn't want to see the problem. The best way for them, uh, he was in a cemetery. He was, he was crushing himself. He was shouting he was crying for help but nobody could help him the only companions was demons that they uh, overused him they abused him they were laughing at him and this man he nobody could help him and how many people today we have among us who cry for help we don't even hear it and you know this is terrible for us sometimes even in our life, we think that my problem is too big that anybody can help me. Or we can think that the, the, the medicine that was prescribed, it doesn't help. Right? Uh, a week ago, we've been in London, Ontario. Not England, but Ontario. And I was preaching in a, in a crusade. And uh, there was a lot of people with physical problems. A lady with uh, cancer. And other people with uh, different problems and alcoholism. We sometimes think of ourselves that uh, uh, our children don't behave in a proper way. Or relations with your husband or wife, or maybe not even mention it. In our life, we have problems. We have difficulties. We, have experience, we experience such troubles. But you know how blessed we are that we have God? That's why Jesus told the disciples, let's go on the other side. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what happened during the, this moving on the other side. When they were moving on the other side, Jesus slept. He was tired, right? Like I told earlier, he was tired. 
disciples experienced problems because the waves came, the wind started to blow, and they were afraid. They were so afraid that they uh, tried to, to help themselves. But nobody, no one can help uh, wind or waves. So they were so afraid that they will die. The, 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 the passage here says that we'll be drawn, right? And uh, look, they have Jesus and the boat. And here is the disciples trying to help them, each other. Instead of waking Jesus and telling him, Lord, help us. But they, they woke him and they said, don't you care that we're drowning? Don't you care? What, what a statement is this? <laughs> when Jesus properly, uh, I like this saying, be quiet, still. He just said to the waves, to the wind. And immediately became like this. But then Jesus said to the disciple, how is it? You still don't have a faith? How many times is, is in our life the situation like this? We meet. We meet with problems, obstacles, difficulties, right? And we scared to death. Instead of ask the Lord, like Robert, supposed to ask the Lord, God, help me. I need your help. Now you are my Lord, my Savior. Robert did something else. He called pastor and said, don't you care that I, am, that I have problems? <laughs> he didn't say it this way. But I read it like this. We have God in our, on our side. They had Jesus in their boat. I want to ask you, what do you have in your boat? Whom you have in your boat? Maybe Jesus is not, is not in your boat. Maybe in your boat you take with you your wallet. Maybe you take your TV, your computer. Not, not uh, literally boat, but your life. What you trust. Whom you trust. If they just really trust God, they woke up Jesus and they said, Lord, please help us. We have a problem. But I'm, I'm glad. Jesus still helped them, even though they, they rebuke him. <laughs> still, God helped them. And still, God is on our side. As long as we have God on our side. Did you hear, did you hear the, the saying that God hears the prayer of the sinners, the only one prayer. The sinners can pray for, uh, for any, any things to God, and he don't hear because he don't hear. But when they ask for salvation, then his, his ears are open, and God hears and goes inside the heart of, our, of my heart. And then he hears the rest of my life. He is in my life. He is in my boat. That's why he knows every problem. He knows every obstacle. But not only mine. Also other people around me. That's why Jesus was moving to the other side. The other interesting story is, uh, thing is that when Jesus told disciples, let's go on the other side. Right? He mentioned that we will land there safely. He didn't say, let's go to the, to the lake. Let's go to the boat and go to the lake. No. They're supposed to trust him. They're supposed to trust him. If he said that we go on the other side, it means that we will land there safely. Maybe later. Like we run our ministry. We have our ministry four years now, five years. And we would like to have 
100 people, 200. We have only 20 in our ministry, on our services. And sometimes I ask myself, why is only 20? Why is not, why are we not growing? Why not? And our church name is Polish Harvest Church. You know, Polish Harvest means that we will have a harvest, a Polish harvest. We welcome everybody else, Americans. We have a Ukrainian guy in our church. Um, but uh, we are mainly focused to reach the Polish-speaking people. Because others, Americans, they can go to many, Freedom Christian or uh, many other churches, Troy Assembly of God, many other churches. Christian, uh, Zion Christian Church, many good churches there, same as here. Uh, Fruitport Assembly, uh, Gateway, Muskegon, I don't know more. <laughs> many, right. But if there are Polish people here, send them back to Sterling Heights. And that's why Jesus seen this gentleman on the other side. And he went there to help him. Now I want to speak a little bit about this gentleman on the other side. You know, when he went there, when Jesus went there, look at this. Immediately, this gentleman, this guy, this poor guy, run into him, run toward him. It's interesting. He was demon-possessed. Demons tried to stay away from God, right? No. This man ran toward Jesus. Because this man had a big problem and he had a great desire to be free from this. So when Jesus told, go away to these demons. You know, I like this. Uh, this man came to him and, uh, and, and said to him, why you are telling us to go away? And Jesus asked, what's your name? You know, the first thing we read in this chapter 5 and conversation with Jesus and this gentleman is, what is your name? What is your name? If Jesus didn't know his name, of course he knew. The demons, they knew it. They, they shouted, what do we have to do with you, Jesus, Son of God, the highest? They knew him. But Jesus asked, what is your name? We can we can address this in two ways. What is your name? God always wants our part toward Him. That we will not sit on our hands and, and leave the rest for God. He will do everything. But He wants us to be involved. Let us, uh, uh, let us um, tell Him what we need. Let us tell Him who we are. Uh, Carl. You reminds me, you reminds me a lot of my best friend in Cleveland, Jerry. You know, Jerry was Christian all his life, but he went away from God. He went away from God. And then uh, when we were, went from the Polish church to American Assemblies of God, uh, Emmanuel Assemblies of God, at the sa almost the same time, uh, the next month, Jerry came for the very first time. So we were new. And Jerry was new. And Jerry was a, a huge guy, 300 pounds. Not just like you. He was bigger. 300 pounds. And he was owner of pizza. And um, I didn't know Jerry. Every time we were sitting in a church uh, chair, 
Jerry was sitting in front of us, on the, in the chair before us, and we were looking like this, trying to find the words on the, on the lyrics on the song, because Jerry was so big, and uh, I was never aggravated on Jerry, but one, day, one time I uh, asked to, be, to sing in a church choir, and Jerry wanted to sing on church choir, and Jerry sat next to me, and I heard him singing out of tone, out of note. Oh, man, that was terrible. So I invited Jerry to my home, you know, and this is how I get to know Jerry. Now, through this, then I, 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 I taught Jerry how to sing properly. Then Jerry wanted to know how to play guitar. All his life, he wanted to play guitar, but he never had time to play guitar because he was busy with business. So I taught him how to play guitar. Then we became friends. We, we had a, a Bible study. I was a leader in, the, in this Bible study, in, in, sometimes in Jerry's home, sometimes my home. And we became good friends. And when we were moving to, uh, to Detroit area, Jerry told me a week before, uh, before we moved, we went together to airfield and we skydived together with Jerry. Now, Jerry is a good friend of mine. A couple days ago, Jerry texted me on my cell phone in Polish language something. I don't know if he learns Polish now. <laughs> he calls me uh, Buddy Polak. <laughs> I, I, Jerry's Buddy Polak. <laughs> but you know, this is how I know, start to know Jerry. This is just a little story about Jerry. And I know his name now. I know if Jerry calls me or, or texting me or emailing me, I know who Jerry is. This is how God wants to know you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to skydive together with you. <laughs> Do extreme things together with you. Do whatever you never did in your life. And that's how Jesus asked this man, what is your name? But instead of hearing Barnabas or Matthew or whoever, he all of a sudden hears, my name is Legion, because there's many of us. So he, first of all, deals with this Legion. Now we know it, how it happened, and I, I don't want to make it story because we already read it. The only, the only thing I want to share with you with this story is very sad thing. This is the, one of the saddest things in the Bible I read. You know what is it? When this herd, herdsman seen what happened with their pigs and then seen what happened with this poor man this poor man was free was free completely was normal in senses they care more about pigs than for this man when i read this story and prepared my sermon it talked against me it talked to my heart sometimes uh, we are most concerned about our commodities, our, our belongings, our wealth, our friends, instead of those who are perishing. This man, this poor man, he was perishing, right? He was dying. He was, nobody could help him. Now, instead of rejoicing, this herdsman ran away. And went to the cities or villages or places where people lived. And they told the story. When people came to see what happened, this is the next. It's one after another sad things in, in the Bible. It's what happened. They, they see men healthy, clothed, sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
And instead of rejoicing, making a banquet or, or party, you know, to rejoice that this man is finally free. We don't have to bind him anymore. We don't have to subdue him. He is normal. He's one of us. Instead of doing this, they asked Jesus politely to go away. How sad is this? How sad is this? When I read this, God spoke to my heart. If it is not that we sometimes prefer things in our life, wealth, money, uh, uh, other things, then to help those who need. I, I don't want you to understand me wrong because I don't know you. But I'm speaking my heart to you. God is interested. Look, God sent His Son. God so loved the world that He sent His Son, His begotten Son, the only Son, because He loved the world. And He wanted everybody to be saved. Right? Now, in our part, like those people, they asked Jesus to go away. To go away. And the wonderful part in, in this sad story is that when this gentleman, when this poor man who is now free, he, he wanted to go with Jesus. Who, who, wouldn't, who wouldn't? Yeah? He set him free. Now he wanted to go with him, be one of his disciples, 13 ones, or 12 because Judas was, uh, Judas was uh, betrayed. No, Jesus told him, no, stay. Jessica, how it reads the, one of the last verses? Stay. Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. This is go to the world, to the whole world and preach the God news. He didn't have to go to the whole world. He had to go to his family, to those who knew him the best, who knew him from the birth. He was normal when he was child, but then something happened. You know, and this is the command that God gives us also this morning. Go to your home. Like Mark Kalinowski, our uh, police officer. Now he became the police chief in, in Hamtramck. A wonderful opportunity for him. He tells his parents. He tells his parents. He tells his parents about the Lord. And they don't want to listen. So he invited them to banquet, to Christmas banquet. And they came after 20 years, 20 some years, for the very first time. In their life, they were in some different church uh, uh, event than Catholic. And this year, we are preparing right now for our Christmas banquet. And, uh, and Halina, Mark's wife, she said, Oh, I don't think this year we will invite my in-laws. I said, Why not? She said, Because they only come for eat and go. I said, That's why we invite people to eat and go and come. So invite them. Don't worry that they eat and they, they went back. But one day the Lord will spoke to their hearts. When they have problem or maybe some other things. See, this man, he went home. Look what he did. He was obedient. He was obedient. And this is what God invites us to obedience. He wants us to be obedient. And this man, I like him. He was obedient. Let's say him. his name was Barnabas. Because we don't know. Oh, maybe, maybe better name. Do you have any better name? Marcus? A very Roman 
Uh, okay, Marcus. Marcus went home, and he was obedient. Look, he's, he was, uh, I have this. Can you read it again? The last verse, very last. And all the people were amazed. And you know what? The rest of the story is two, two chapters, Pastor knows, two chapters later, when Jesus returned and people were ready to receive him. And there was a lot of miracles. Before, they were not ready. They said, go away. We don't want you. Oh, terrible thing. We don't want you. We don't want God in our hearts. We don't want God in our lives. We don't want God in our schools. We don't want God in our country. But because of the people who give testimony in their homes, in their families, the rest of the society is ready to receive. And I just pray that this will happen here in Spring Lake, Muskegon, Fruitport, as well as in Detroit area. This is my prayer, that God will be able to touch Mark's parents and other people, those whom we already testified, we share the testimony, we give the testimony, we show them our life, how we live. We are not fake, we're real. And the people see. So far, many of them were afraid or rejected. But I have hope and I pray that one day will come when they will open their hearts. We don't know when. And the same thing with you. Uh, there, I know that there was a, a lot of thoughts that I gave it to you today. And I know that many thoughts you will forget. <laughs> That's a reality, I know. But I pray that God will touch your heart and will tell you, and maybe even today He's telling you, I see your need, just like I've seen the Marcus need on the other side. Not the legion, no, it was not his name. His name was different. We don't know. Let's, we call him Marcus. I've seen Marcus' need, so I've seen your need. Even though maybe you think I'm far away, but I'm on, on the other side. I'm ready. I'm coming. There's obstacles, but I'm coming. I'm helping you. Can we pray? Would you please bow down your heads? Yeah, I, I don't know if there is any people today who didn't make a decision yet to the Lord. But if so, like I said earlier, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 14. I never regret it. And I want to assure you, you will have problems, but you have the Lord who help you. If there is any person today who didn't give her heart to Jesus, his heart to Jesus yet, would you like to do it today? If so, raise your hand, and I and Pastor Ben will pray for you. If you would like to give your heart to Jesus, raise your hand. And he sees your need. If, if there is other people, or maybe many of you, who has needs, problems, difficulties, obstacles in your life, and, you would like, and you're desperate to bring it to the Lord, and, and you ask him to help you, please stand up, and we're going to pray for you. If you, can, if you want to ask Lord to intervene in your situation, would you please stand up? Thank you. God sees your need. We will pray for you and pray for you too. Anybody else?
who would like to stand up and to pray for you. Praise God. God sees your need and your need too. God knows what is your need. Yeah, you may be seated. Uh, but God needs, God sees your need. And then we pray for you. All right? Is anybody else? I will pray right now. Father God, we come to you right now. Thank you for this word, this passage. God, I know that you, you, you even use my broken English language, my broken grammar. God, but I know that you speak into our hearts and you see those needs, those people who are desperate for your help, for your intervention, Lord. I ask you right now that you come and help them. Lord, that you intervene in, your, in their situation, that you open heavens, Lord, and help them. You are able to help them, Lord. Maybe none of, none of the other people can help them, but you, you can help them, Lord. I ask you in your name, in your precious name, that's why you, you turn, you left the, the multitude, you left the crowd to help just one man. And that's why you, you use this message today to help them, Lord. I ask you in Jesus' name, and I thank you that you hear this prayer. I know that you hear this prayer, and I know that you answer this prayer, Lord, because you, you see the need of these people, these precious people who are so close to you, and their names, you know, you know them by, name, by names. God, I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Thanks, Peter, for challenging us. Aren't you glad God meets our needs right where we are? That is powerful. That's a great word and a timely word for us. And uh, I tell you, um, on this side of the state, and as I know you're experiencing in Detroit, um, the economy alone is uh, creating needs that many uh, have never felt before. And uh, God help us. Amen. Well, let's stand together. and We're going to dismiss um, on our way out today. Um, uh, we're going to have two offering receptacles uh, back in the back, uh, and you can just drop your tithes and offerings. I want to encourage you, though, to consider uh, giving a gift to uh, the Polish work in um, Detroit area, to Peter and to Anya. This is a beautiful couple. We, uh, we're just so glad that you're here and challenging us today. If, you, if God would lead you to do that, um, you can grab an envelope in the back and do that. Uh, but let me just pr uh, pray a quick prayer of benediction, and we can... Uh, we will be dismissed, and uh, don't forget small groups tonight and all the other things we talked about, and uh, go in the grace of God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for meeting our needs, like Brother Peter just explained. You desire to do that, and so we throw our needs on your, on your, uh, on your altar, Lord, and we ask that you would uh, just, uh, just meet each one according to your riches, your glory. Lord, I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. And Lord, just like the man that was uh, freed from the demons, uh, Lord, he went and he shared, and the people were amazed. I pray that our lives would be examples, that you would use us where we are, even this week, for your glory, for your honor. Lord, we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go, and uh, please, you haven't completed your worship experience till you've given this morning. Amen.